Jazz Experience, Season 2. Let's go! Thanks for joining us for Season 2. Join the conversation with Nat, Dez, and friends as they share how to transform culture through family. Hey guys, welcome to the Matt and Des Experience. I'm your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. Hey, on today's episode, we're having a family affair once again as I have my brother Jeremy and Jordan Gonzalez in our brand new studio. Yeah, yeah. So we're excited to be in this. And uh, we have something interesting we're going to talk about today. But hey, Jeremy and Jordan, welcome back to the show today. Yeah, good to be back. Hey, what's going on? ha. <laughs> Well, guys, we have been in this conversation and we're letting the listener know into this conversation kind of a, a little bit about what's on our heart. Because, you know, one of the things that I see today as we travel is I see believers who have grown up in church become very cynical and very um, almost, uh, I don't know what the word may be, kind of sometimes when you're hurt, you have a, a tendency to attack the thing that hurt you. And I just thought about this. All of us have grown up in church pretty much. Uh, I know we kind of came into the kingdom, Jeremy, when I was 16. I think you were 15. Yeah. Des, you grew up in church. Mm-hmm. And so all of us kind of have somewhat of a church history, and we have seen some stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have seen some stuff. And I was just thinking about how a lot of the people that we grew up with that were, you know, came into the kingdom around the same time we came up. Uh, came into the kingdom, and even those that were once friends with ours, how a lot of them gone through the same thing that we experience in church, but yet many of them aren't even serving the Lord. Uh, some of them went to the extreme of even becoming, you know, anti-Christianity in the Lord. But how did we continue to have our heart pure and continue to have a love for the body of Christ and for the church. I want to kind of get that conversation started, but maybe we could start by sharing some of our horrific experiences. Oh man, we've had, I mean, Eve, I mean, if you've grown up in church long enough, you understand that, hey, part of church is that there's people. I mean, there's people, people aren't perfect. There's mm-hmm. no perfect people, but sometimes I think we come into the body of Christ. And I think our last episode we talked about, it's like there's there's a perfectionism that is put on people where you expect them to be perfect. And then once they fall out of being perfect, it's like we have a tendency to get hurt, especially leaders. But let's let's open up this conversation. I want to hear from you guys. What are some of the experiences that, that you could uh, recall or just some of the things that, you know, we've been through? And then maybe we can talk about how we have not let our heart become so hardened that we've become anti-church or we've become... I don't know, aggressive many times I see believers towards the church. Yeah, you know, I think about my first experience with church hurt, and I think it was it was from my childhood. You know, you guys got saved uh, in your teenage years, but yeah. I was a child. I was in kids' church <laughs> and coming up in that, and then, you know, us being a part of a church and some years later, the, experiencing the fallout, even one store in particular, um, I remember, you know, our parents took up took upon themselves to take the janitorial job because the church needed janitors at the time. Yeah, uh, I think that's the point of how involved we were that they were literally going to do janitorial work just so that we could be there and be involved and help. And um, them having to clean a toilet that someone blew up, and I'm mean, oh, like yep. overload blow up, <laughs> and uh, seeing the pastors there laughing at them as they're having to clean this up. Mm. 
And then the things that were said about our family um, after yeah. that and the fallout. And I remember being a kid, you know, I'm about 10 years old thinking, man, if this is how church people want to treat my family, then I want nothing to do with church yeah. people. Because like there's people that don't go to church that treat my family way better. And I'd rather spend time with them, you know, not fully understanding everything that's going on, but just understanding like, yeah, no, I'm good. Like, I don't want to be a part of something uh, that would treat another person, especially my family that way. Well, and that's interesting because, I mean, here you are. I think what you, how old were you at the time? I was about 10 when that all happened. So here you are 10 years old and you're having this experience and that's going to leave a mark on you, you know, but yet here you are still with passion and love for the church, serving in ministry. And we're going to talk about, uh, but you know, just some backstory. The church that we uh, came into the kingdom, we love. And so this is not to, uh, we're thankful for the foundation. But at the same time, we experienced some really negative stuff. I remember uh, my uh, first couple weeks, you know, uh, as I'm uh, becoming an intern, you know, we were getting talked to because of the fact that there was a a child abuse scandal in the church. And here I am freshly saved, um, learning to become a leader. And then we're being counseled by the leadership because uh, the former junior high pastor had, uh, had molested some kids. And it was, you know, they're talking to us because of the fact that, you know, the media was coming. And so, I mean, this is, this is our backdrop. This is why we want to have this conversation because I mean, there is some, I mean, we grew up in a, uh, church culture where there was a lot of uh, sexual issues, uh, control, and but yet we still have a love for Jesus. We still have a love for Brian. We're still going at it. And I see so many times Christians grow up in a church culture where they see something negative and all of a sudden they go to the other edge of the pendulum like, oh, I'm done with church. I'm done. All I need is God. And, and you know, for me, you know, it hurts, I think, my heart, but this is also truth. You, you guys... Um, we talk about that all we need is God, we don't need people. And usually that comes out of a, a hurt lens, but that's not truth. Because even in Scripture, we're supposed to be a part of the body. So how can mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, how can you come to the point where you're like, hey, all I need is God, all I need is God, uh, you know, and we can't physically see God, we can experience Him, but yet we physically see His body, which are believers, and yet we're like, oh, I don't need them. But, you know, and it's usually out of a place of offense or a uh, a hurt, but I, I want to hear from you, Jeremy. What, what do you think? I don't know. I, I think as I'm sitting here, kind of going through my my mind about what has happened, and I think I think I um, two stories probably come to my mind quickly. And uh, one was um, Matt had been on a youth uh, trip, yeah, and Matt had exchanged some words with our youth pastor, and it was you know under from Matt's <laughs> side, it was. You know, the, the the person was being a little controlling, and yeah. I wasn't there for it. I, but I was. You were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but unfortunately, I got, to hear, I got to hear about it that Wednesday at service mm. when the person speaking addressed it, because he was the one that had an interaction with Matt. And he said from the pulpit, uh, I wanted to punch him in the face. Now, I remember sitting there next to my brother, Zach, and my blood boiling, like... Mm. I never, and I get vulnerability, but I think that was, uh, you need a little, you probably need to use a little discretion at that point of, of saying that, because that was my brother, that was my family, and yeah. to hear um, a minister of the gospel say that from the pulpit on a service where 200 
kids are there was was very formative for me in, in, a, in a negative way. And um, I, think in, I think just something that's kind of plagued me most of my 20s, unfortunately, was I would serve a ministry for a season, and then as soon as I was gone, it was like I didn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, for a lot of years, I, I used to think that the phrase, out of sight, out of mind, must have been in Scripture because all the Christians I knew followed that one. Mm. Just because if, if you weren't serving, if you weren't helping, if you weren't, you know, whatever, to promote or push yeah. their ministry, it, it was, you, you didn't exist. No phone calls, no text, no how are you yeah. doing. And, and honestly, I, I think I let for a, lot, a large number of years of my 20s, I got bitter and angry and frustrated. And I mean, I, I was the guy... You know, I'm a I'm a pastor, but I was the guy that used to say I, I hated the church, mm. and that's to me that's kind of an oxymoron, and it's kind of ironic to to be in a place where you would say that the people that you're called to love and serve and and lead that in a season in the past you, you couldn't even stand to look at because of how they treated you. So, yeah. you know that it wasn't always it wasn't always fun. You know that's so valid today, even. And what's happening in culture today? I mean, it, it is it is very insane. But you know, uh, I got to thinking. You know, I remember that incident so well. And you know, I was immature. I, I'll take it. I was I had some immaturity. Uh, but I think I was also discovering part of my destiny then. That you know, one of the things that I have a strong passion for is my personality. Is that when there's an injustice, right, or where there's control. You know, my my nature is to rise up and and bring the kingdom, bring freedom. You know, ultimately, I was immature then and and, mm-hmm. and had said some things that I, I probably, you know. But at the same time, you know, one of the things I love hearing from you, Jeremy, is, you know, there, there was a very hurt pain. You said you had some bitterness. For most part, you felt kind of used, right? Used and overlooked. Oh, very much. And so, but here you are still part of a church, pastor, ministry, and you're still going for it. And I think that's amazing. We're going to even talk about that uh, even more as we end this episode. Ultimately, I know we're sharing stories, but I want to hear from you, babe. Well, you know, I think, you know, as we are dialoguing and having this conversation, we understand that no church is perfect, yes. no culture is perfect, and we're yeah. not um, saying that that's a requirement, right? Yeah. We're not... Nope. And so this isn't to look back on all the negative experiences we have had and to blame, point the finger. Yeah. Hey, there was real situations that really affected us. That yeah. That's the bottom line. And so I feel like we are just giving people permission to not um, use these situations as a crutch. Yes. And to, um, you know, because what it does is it causes us either one, to change our perception and perspective on things, either on God or on people. And if we would allow the Lord to heal us, whatever that pain was in, uh, you know, we're talking about the church, church context, that that can actually be the point of which you see others get the most breakthrough. I know that for me, like Mm -hmm. for instance, I feel like one thing that we did see model that was great was, um, evangelism. Like our church was definitely about evangelism and, and, and soul winning and, and really instill that. So I'm thankful for that. But on, I guess the negative flip side is that it just felt a little bit, um, that 
it was all about numbers, you know, and that numbers was the goal and numbers equated souls. And we heard that all the time. Numbers equal souls. I get that. Um, And, you know, I can see the truth in that. But at the same time, I felt there was a there was a huge gap. There was a huge distance in relationships. There was there was no deep connections that I had at church at all. Um, I never saw a mentoring, discipling, fathering, a mothering culture. Yeah. And so because of that lack and that void, I feel like that was what I was so thirsty for and craving for in my personal life. And so it wasn't until later that, you know, we, you know, started the campus ministry and we really started establishing that ourselves that we began to see that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think the one thing that I know you've said, Matt, because my dad, you, I think you mentioned this mm-hmm. on a previous episode. One thing my dad would say to you back in the day was, you know, you can always find a seed of truth in all criticism. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of how I see it is that if we can find the seed, the area that we can grow from and we can mature out of that place and not, not look at all of the negative and how yeah. it's not true and how it's, you know, it can actually be work in our favor, I guess is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Well, I think sometimes what happens is and we can all agree to this is that when you um, when you get hurt by something or see a negative example, you end up getting a chip on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I I really do believe that the Lord is really good uh, at knocking that thing off. And you know, for us, you know, uh, because of the the hurt, some of the pain I experienced in church growing up being, you know, freshly saved and then kind of, you know, my whole uh, experience in revival. I remember that whole story. I think the biggest impact on my life was when, uh, you know, I first got saved and one of the ladies in the church was giving us VHS of uh, Brownsville Revival at the time. And I remember watching all those and I was just like, man, I want that. I want to be a part of that. So we started going after revival. Uh, Me, you, Jeremy, I know Jordan was a part, but he was still young. And, And, um, Zach was a part of this and, mm-hmm. and just going after it. And, and mom and dad let us open up our house. But I remember uh, just seeing some of the greatest encounters we ever experienced. I mean, uh, young adults, our age, peers, worshiping, most of them who didn't know the Lord coming and, and worshiping God at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning and just the miracles and all this stuff. And then uh, it got shut down by a local pastor in town who came and visited it and then just said, hey, there's pretty much, there's no leadership. Mm-hmm. That's what the thing. Hey, there's no leadership here, so y'all need to shut this down. And I remember being so hurt by that that I was just like, you know, uh, skip it. I would probably, I probably said something else, but I mean, uh, you know, it's a family, a family show. Um, <laughs> but it was just like, oh, you know, I, I'm done with the church. It's just me and God. And I remember having just a an edge on me. It really was an edge that it kind of took me, uh, kind of came with me, and, you know, at the time, Sean Smith, who's a spiritual father, uh, came into my life, saw something in me, kind of helped uh, redirect some of that anger, mm-hmm. but I still had the chip towards the church, a chip on my shoulder towards the church going into campus ministry years, and it was enhanced when, you know, we, part of our campus ministry experience is that we were looking for a local body. Uh, we are looking for a family because these Radical students were getting, you know, radically transformed and coming to know Jesus. And there was a revival on campus, but we wanted to get them plugged into a, a local body because we couldn't do anything, everything, you know. 
And uh, every time we would go to a church, you know, there was a stipulation like, hey, well, we will back you guys if you make this and all your students this church. And I understand it. You know, when, when you have a body of Christ and you see these passion, fiery young adults and you don't have young adults come to your church, you're like, oh, yeah, there's an opportunity. But there was also stipulations. And I think that was hard for us was that I, I couldn't direct every single student that was under our leadership say, hey, you have to go to this church. You know, because that was just wrong. But when there's stipulation, it just only enhanced the chip on the shoulder. And it took the Lord saying, hey, I want you guys to pastor. <laughs> I want you guys to start a church and I want you guys to pastor. Mm-hmm. And it was during that time that 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 chip began to get knocked off. But I see it now. If I could just, oh, man, I, I just got to be really raw because of the fact that, you know, I, I'm passionate about reformation right now. I see reformation. But I'm seeing uh, people who have a passion for reformation or even reformers, uh, their, their starting position is an edge against the church. And I think this hits me so hard because um, when you start with an with a edge or you start with a chip on your shoulder, it's never a good place to grow a maturity towards something. It actually robs you of the necessary a maturity and actually uh, resources you need to be able to grow. And so what I'm seeing right now is people who are passionate about reformation, but their passion many times is, is coming out of a hurt. It's a previous hurt. So because, so it's like my hurt is causing my engagement and my passion for something. Mm. And that's what uh, I don't want to see because if you think about it, the last reformation was good. But even then, it started uh, what we call Protestants, which comes out of protest. So it was the protest against something. Where I believe this Reformation now, the Lord spoke to me several years ago that we're going to see reformers clothed in humility. Because when you're a reformer clothed in humility, humility helps you to grab grab God's heart to create a language to those who don't agree with you and to be able to go in their heart. If you're a reformer that has no humility, what happens, you only grab other reformers with the same offense. And that's what I'm seeing right now. I see reformers being raised up with an offense against the church, stepping on the message of the kingdom that we go into all the mountains. And I'm not, and I'm not here what I'm not saying. I'm saying, well, I'm not saying that we don't go into all the mountains. I'm just saying if the, if the, if the launching point to all the mountains is an offense, and then we actually disconnect with the one who brought us to the, to the dance, like the church then we're always going to build something that's out of balance and it's going to tip over eventually. So uh, I don't know if I'd shared this story on, on your podcast before or not, but it's, it's, it regards my brother, our brother Zach, and I'm sure he's, he's okay with me sharing this, but he, he was in a season where I think he was, the church was at an arm's, arm's distance away on, on purpose and that he had chosen to do that. And uh, I think one day, I think we were about to go to a baseball game or something, go see the A's play and. Uh, I had to pay money for the ticket, so he yeah. showed up to the church, and this is when we were living. In, I was still living in Stockton and uh, working at the church, and um, he gave me some money, and I, I just felt the Lord on. I needed to ask him. I was like, "Bro, like, what? When are you gonna like, like, when are you gonna come back? Like, when are you gonna like step into the place you have?" And wow. he started off with a list of things that he didn't like about the church. They don't mm. care for the poor. They don't. And he was passionate. He was waving his hand, and he, his, his voice is getting loud in the parking lot, and probably looked like we were having an argument. And he just was went off for about five minutes, and 
honestly, probably halfway through, I didn't know what I was going to tell him. And then I, I think God in his graciousness every, every once in a while will, will give us something to say. And, and I said, hey, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah. I said, you ever thought that maybe the church isn't doing it, that because you're not there to inspire them? And I think it's so often to, to sit there and, and criticize and critique and, you know, as reformers. And I think oftentimes reformers, they're not being validated in the church or they see the church not doing what they're called to do mm-hmm. because they're called to do it. Exactly. And you're That's the church. Good. Exactly. But That's I think good. they, and so there's this issue that we're having, I think, with people not wanting to see that they belong in the church. That they might be a very odd shaped puzzle piece, but that still puzzle piece belongs as part of the the body. That's so and good. they need to to see that. And honestly, I mean, I love the idea of reformers. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think the reformers listed in the fivefold. I, I think the fivefold <laughs> yeah. raises up reformers. Those are the That's ones so that good, do the huh? work of the ministry. So I, come on, mm-hmm. as much as it's almost like you push you 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 push away what you need. That's good uh, to sustain longevity and and to be connect have connection and. All those things. So I just would encourage listeners today, if yeah. you have an issue, that might be the very calling that you, you need to step into the church. And it doesn't matter if you need, if you get a title. Yeah. Um, can I tell you something? If you're saved and you're a believer, you already have the permission of heaven. You don't need the permission of man. Mm-hmm. Um, start where you're at. Be faithful. Like Let the Lord heal you from whatever issues that has arised um, in your experience with the church and, and step into your destiny. That's so, so good. Wow, wow. You know, you're saying something, and I want to hear from you guys too, but um, what you just said was just, I mean, that's like the word of the hour right there. I think that was just so much fresh manna revelation of what you just dropped, Jeremy, because I think once again, you know, um, I see offense and hurt as building with a negative. So it's like, we come to get kingdom, we get forgiven, which we start at zero, right? And then we grow from there. But when you have an offense and negativity, it's like you're not just at zero, you're at negative. So you already have a negative in your account you're working from. We don't see that. Mm-hmm. We kind of many times see it as a positive, but it's actually a negative. You're working from less than, than more of. And it just is, it, it's hard to make sure, it, it makes, it's like, it's like uh, when, when Jesus came, uh, you know, to Paul and said, why are you kicking against the goats? And I think so many times we're doing that. We're, we're kicking against the thing that's supposed to launch us mm-hmm. and, and go. And I love what you said, because if you see it, if you track through scripture and through history, Moses became a deliverer out of seeing an injustice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once again, he, he, he got out of time because he, he reacted rather than responding but many times we don't think that they, we don't understand many times that the thing that frustrates us the most is usually pointing to an anointing and actually assignment that we have to go after. And that's what I hear you saying. And Jordan, I want to hear from you because I know, you know, you have a very healthy perspective, um, you know, just being around you. And it's just been an uh, you know, honor to have you as my brother. But, you know, to be culturally relevant, to have the swag factor, but yet also you know, really uh, passionately have a love for the body of Christ and serve in ministry. You know, uh, I mean, you've kept your heart, uh, you know, just refreshed to continue to do that. How have you done that? And I mean, you've had, I mean, I know we've talked in a previous episode how you've even had some negative experience with the prophetic, but yet here you are called to an office of a prophet 
and you're going after that, but yet you started off with a negativity. I think that's interesting. You tell the listeners a little bit about that. Absolutely. So just real quick before going into that, going back to what Jeremy said, um, you know, I think it's not by accident you see things the way you see them. Mm-hmm. And Come I think on. sometimes we miss the obvious, like the way you see things or the injustices is the way you're supposed to because God's actually wooing your heart to do something about it. It's good. And I think sometimes, you know, we like to point the finger at what people aren't doing, but yet we're not doing it ourselves. And so it's like, I don't think we have the ability to actually be like, hey, you're not doing this if we're not doing that. And I think, uh, you know, going back to the topic of humility, uh, I heard this quote one time. It's one of my favorite quotes. It says, there's two types of people in the world, those that are humbled and those that are about to be humbled. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I, I want to be in the first category because I've been in the second category. And it doesn't always feel good to, yeah. you know, get humbled a little yeah. bit. Um, and I, I just, I think I know what it feels like to be written off. I know what it feels like to... Um, not be seen, so to speak. And I never want anyone else to feel that. Mm-hmm. I never want anyone else to experience that. And I think that's where the humility comes from. It's it's this place of, man, I've been there and I don't want anyone else to be there. So let me come in humility and not put someone else down, but actually hear them, see them, and help try to bring a guidance to what they're trying to do. You know, like, I know you always say, um, what is, what's the quote that the, about the banks and there is it the oh river? yeah a river is only as powerful as its banks absolutely and i think what if we could be banks for people that wow. they can bounce stuff off of us you know as water bounces off the banks but still keep the forward movement that's good. and wow. i think that's what i want to be for people is is that that safe strong place just as jesus is you know um and you know with the prophetic thing <laughs> i know we've done a, a podcast about that just of you know, if we're just being completely honest, uh, you know, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago where I, I was just in a place of feeling a little frustrated because I'm like, man, you know, it's it's that place of you've gotten so many amazing, incredible prophetic words and uh, haven't really seen any of them come to pass per se. You know, I think little glimpses here and there. And yeah, I was talking to one of my best friends, Brandon. And he was like, bro, you've gotten more prophetic words than anyone I know. <laughs> like, and we were, cause we were having this conversation Come and on. I think there, it's a place of just knowing that my life doesn't continue on because of a prophetic word. Like my mm-hmm. life's going to keep going regardless. That's mm-hmm. good. And I'm going to hold on to the prophetic words cause I have a value system in me for them. But I also know that I'm not limited by that or encaged by that in the sense of like, well, I gotta, I think sometimes I've put a lot of pressure on myself to make a word happen in a season uh, when God was giving me a glimpse into something in a future season. I think, uh, you know, we always talk about that, the prophetic process that Mm -hmm. God gives you a prophetic word and then the process starts and then you come into the prophetic word. And so I think I'm in process for a lot of words right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Still I think the loading screen. <laughs> yeah, it's man. It's like the upgrade to um, Call of Duty, man. That thing takes forever. <laughs> and uh, but I think it's just keeping a pure heart. And I think it's having the right people around you, you know, wow. that keep you from being cynical. Like, you know, as we talk about church hurt and. And these things, I'm reminded of key people throughout our lives that in the midst of those churches, uh, they were those banks for us. Mm-hmm. 
they were those people that kept our water flowing uh, in the right direction and not letting it stay at a standstill. Things we could bounce off of them, even if it was from a place of anger or hurt, and they weren't afraid by that, but they were like, hey, you know what, let's guide this. Like, there is a righteous side to this, so let's actually move towards that. You know, I think God's been so gracious. Um, and I think if, if you know, if the listener, if there's ever been, you've ever been a part of a church hurt, think of the people that were actually there for you, though. Because I think, I, I don't know anyone who's been through a church hurt that there wasn't one person or That's someone good. around them that God placed specifically to help walk them through. Now, whether they open up to them or not, that's a different story. But I know God's gracious that in the midst of things going on, he'll always have those people around you if you have eyes to see. And, um, you know, I think th- this episode, I think it what I I love from it and what I really want to model is what it looks like to be able to honor in the midst of like seeing what's really going on, like be able to take it apart. Uh, You know, we use this word deconstruction a lot and most of deconstruction looks like just completely tearing things down. But I think deconstruction actually looks like taking the good and holding on to that while throwing away the bad. And I think that's what we really, I think that's what we want to model, you know, like what does it look like to, you know, like Des said, we got the evangelism from them. Yeah. We got certain key things from yeah. these different churches and different people that may have hurt us, but how do we hold on to the good and take away the bad? That's so good. You know, what? one of the most powerful things I just, I mean, you said so many good things, but I think one of the things that really is, rec- you know, resonating with me right now, you just said is that, and I'll just sum it up. Basically, we got to learn how to let our pain work for us, not against us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And many times I think that's the issue is that we get hurt, we experience pain, and it becomes the offense and now the lens in which we see all of life and it works against us rather than for us. And what I heard you say is that you didn't allow it to become a mindset or a lens, but you became it became a pain point where you're like, okay, I don't want others to experience this, so I'm going to be this. And I love that. I love that. What you just, I mean, that's fire right there. You know, I, I forget who said it. Uh, I don't know if it may have been someone in this room or someone else. I need Maybe to keep, uh, yeah, you know, whoever wants to take credit for it. <laughs> Zach. Um, yeah, we'll give it to Zach. That's perfect. We got to get him on here soon. Um, you know, they, the quote was, pain gives you gifts if you will, if you will recognize it. That pain offers you an opportunity to step into something or to give you some to receive something um, mm-hmm. if you have eyes to see that or if you are open enough or in a place to actually receive from pain. Wow. Dang, bro. That's so good. You know, I think it just makes me think of, you know, we've been talking a lot about the pain you experience being, you know, in the church, maybe, yeah. you know, from leaders or whatnot, which is real. Um, I think my personal experience was actually like flipped a little bit. I didn't necessarily experience a lot of hurt personally. Like I saw a lot of hurt. I saw a lot of crazy situations. I saw family members get hurt. I saw people being treated poorly. I saw all that, which, you know, I didn't like, and it did affect me, but personally, like someone hurting me personally, I didn't necessarily experience that until, until I was actually leading people. And so there's this flip side on that side of it is that, you know, you, you get, you have a call of God to pour in and you, you love people and you want to see them transformed and you want to see them 
be everything God's called him to be. And you, you know, you're, you're pouring your life, blood, sweat, and tears and all, you know, your time, your finances, your energy, like everything in you is giving, you know, giving away to people that you love. And, you know, there's this other side to this where it's, it's not reciprocated and, or they flat out, you know, turn their back on you or say negative things about you or start rumors about you and start slandering you. And, and you're like, so taken back because that's like the opposite of your heart. Right. And like, what do you do then? You know? And I'm like, wait, my intention was for to help you, you know? And so that for me talking about, you know, using a pain point to, to grow and mature. That was more my experience was I had to go through some pretty painful experiences as a leader to learn truly how to love well, because had it not been looking back, had it not been for some of those experiences, um, loving people who you're helping actually is kind of easy. You know, you, you desire to help someone and they're teachable, they're reciprocal, you know, they they receive the love you have and they get breakthrough and it success story, you know, they get it and that's great. And we, we celebrate that, but there is often more, you know, experiences where, you know, they come in, they're wounded. They don't know how to, how to receive love. They don't know how to give love. They don't, they don't know who they are. They don't know anything about, you know, who God says they are. And so when they don't respond a certain way that maybe we, you know, desire them to, it it, it is hurtful sometimes. So good. And so, but I, I am thankful, you know, in the moment I wasn't thankful because <laughs> it sucks sometimes. But looking back, I'm like, wow, okay. I, I see now how I, how much I learned through that situation or, you know, this other situation or, you know, and, you know, I had, I, I don't know if I shared this on the podcast or not, but a few months back I had a dream and the gist of the dream was that I was taking care of someone else's baby. We were in an airport and I was taking care of someone else's baby. All of a sudden I realized, oh man, he needs to be changed. He's got nasty diaper (laughs) situation going on. So I, I began to change him and I'm taking off his diaper and it's just like an explosion. I know oh, we're talking man. a lot about this on this Ooh. episode. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. <laughs> and so in the dream, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is nasty. And he starts playing with it, like oh. the poop, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, no. And I said, no, don't do that. And then he proceeds to wipe it on his hand and wipe it on my face Oof. in the dream, right? And I said, no, you do not do that. And then like the dream shifted after that. And so, okay, there's a lot more of the dream, a lot I can say, but the gist of the dream that what I got out of it was that, are we willing, you know, are we willing That's good. as, as leaders, as, as followers of Christ, as, as people who love God and love people, you know, are we willing to not only be there to meet the needs of of other people's kids, you know, if we want to call them even an orphan mindset that people don't know who they are, you know, they haven't been fathered and mothered and as coming in as fathers and mothers and not only take care of them, but be willing to clean up their crap, you know, Mm -hmm. and not expect them to treat us right in return. And they actually crap on us and rub it in our face. Are we willing to still love them and still 
you know, be there for them. You know, it was kind of a rude awakening for me because I'm like, snap, I really don't want to be crapped on. But (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of part of the call. You know, I'm being serious on that because as leaders, we, you know, we hear all these people, you know, they jump on these brave, heroic heroic people on social media who yeah. type a few <laughs> use their powerful fingers to type comments and they're just ripping people to shreds. But like you said, Jordan, they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, the famous yeah. Donnie Moore quote that we all uh, love. Say it. You it's, better say it. <laughs> it's I like it a lot better the way I'm doing it than the way you're not doing it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It. It's, I mean, it's true. You know, I think one of the things that you're saying that is so so good is like you know we've talked about stories of, of of if leaders in the church are considered like shepherds being hit with the shepherd's rod right for not doing anything but then you're talking about hey sheep bite <laughs> and so you know you see both of these perspectives uh-huh. that we too. can allow <laughs> we can allow to affect our mindset but we still love the church and we love you know i, I thought about this as you guys were talking so many times i think we uh, we disengage from uh, the concept of family in in the context of mentorship, and what I'm seeing today is a form of mentorship that wants what's in somebody's hand, but not what's in their heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, what happens? You get mentorship that you know I see their fruit and I want that, rather than I think some of the things that you're saying, Des, is that like, hey. We're, we want mentorship without the family aspect, meaning I don't want to have to change diapers. Right. I don't want to have to, you know, like, I, I don't want to have to have real relationship to have to work through things. Mm-hmm. I just want the 10 step strategy on how you became this or that so I can get that fruit, but not knowing the whole backstory of what it's cost you. And, I, and that's really the true nature of discipleship is I believe we need a mentorship that still has discipleship connected to it and not separate them than a mentorship that only wants value and value in in the thing of what I can get outcomes. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, 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 you know, those things I I just want that. I don't, I don't want the process. I don't want the clean diapers. I don't want any of that. Uh, I'll let you do that. And it's really still, that's, I mean, would you, to me, that's still orphan. And I, I think that's one of the things that I want to, you know, I'm so passionate about ultimately because I see this and, I, you know, I think that's one of the things I want to go after is like, how do we see this, you know, reformed where well, we see the value? Maybe, maybe it's a lack of it. We don't see the value in the process. We don't see the value in, in, in going through pain. I mean, and, you know, I think that leads to a bigger topic. I think sometimes in our Western Christianity, we have a culture that does its best to avoid pain. And because we're avoiding pain, that's not like we're going to go look for it. But I think part of our Christian journey is that there's some pain points that we're going to affect, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the avoidance of pain uh, only leads to the insanity of what we are still fighting against. And it's not doing anybody uh, any harm because we end up, you know, the avoidance of pain means that you're going to eventually get hurt. And it's the whole thing that what we said, hurt people, hurt people, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You guys have any uh, other thoughts on this? Yeah, well, you know, I, I pastor at a ministry school in Northern California, and every year um, within probably the first month of school, I can tell those that have leadership wounds and father wounds because either A, they, they look at me like <laughs> they don't trust me, or, 
you know, they're distant mm-hmm. or wow. or they're confront they're confrontational from the wow. beginning. And yep. Yep. I had to learn very quickly that it wasn't me. Wow. And I think I, right. if I if I took personal, it wasn't if, me. I, if I made it personal, I think I would misunderstand what my job was. Wow. That's good. And you know, I, I think good. even going through ministry school myself, you know, probably six years ago, uh, my pastor at the time was the best thing for me. And I always tell him like how impactful he was in my life. And I think last year we were joking, we had coffee and he goes, I honestly don't know what I did. And I, I laughed and I said, honestly, I don't know what you did either. And then I had a moment <laughs> of revelation. I said, you know what? You stewarded yourself in such a way that you didn't even have to address the issues on in my life, but being around consistency, being around wow. acceptance, being around love, being around a person who just stewarded themselves in such a way that it brought so much healing in my life. Powerful. And I think sometimes we spend so many times trying to sozo and identify a root that maybe we just got, if we just got around a healthy Christian who <laughs> stewarded themselves in such a way that Ooh. it brought healing to your life and it, it changed the narrative mm-hmm. of how you see leaders or fathers. I, I think that to me is, is, you know, if we're talking about let's do it and not just criticize those that, you know, I think that's how we do it. I think we start stewarding the love and forgiveness and acceptance that that we want. I think everybody yeah. wants it, but nobody wants to give it. And right. isn't this what this season's about? Yeah, we currently are in you know this biggest pandemic, you know, racial divide, so many different things. But the reason that's rocking so many people is because we've looked for consistency in the external rather than having consistent people in our lives. Mm-hmm that build a consistency that is really needed. And I think that's how you, I mean, you just, I mean, you, man, you, I'm just, I can run around this room right now, bro. Uh-huh. <laughs> because I, I'm almost getting truth sick over here because of the fact that, you know, what you're saying is such a key right now for breakthrough is having those people who are consistent in our life and faithful and not only just honoring and do whatever we can to get around them, for that than rather trying to look for consistency and external because right now we just learned people's lives are falling apart because their consistency has been, had been solidified in those things which are eternal and perishable. Mm -hmm. And the only way we're going to have certainty in the kingdom and certainty in God is having those consistent people in our life. And that's why I think we're so passionate about this season too, because that's family. Right. Exactly. I think I, I didn't want to drop. We were talking, we were kind of brainstorming before the beginning of the podcast. This is kind of the behind the scenes thing. And I didn't want to give out my, uh, I think my gem because we'd all, we all know who the person who said it to us and it's been very transformative mm-hmm. for our lives. But I, I think this is a good time to say it. Uh, Sean Smith, who we all love and, and yeah. consider family, uh, and is an amazing minister, amazing man. And he told me he told Matt and I something years ago. Yeah. I know you know what I'm probably going to say. Yep. But he said if you're going to be successful in ministry, you need two things. Yep. And you know, you would think uh, you know, knowledge of scripture or good you know, life. Yeah, yeah, good. I mean, which those are all necessary. Yeah. It was Ezekiel. Wrong. I love Ezekiel. Yeah, but he yep. said you need two things. You need a tough skin and you need tender heart. Yep. And he said unfortunately a lot of ministers will have tender skin and a tough heart. Yep. And I think there's just something about Biblical, you know, Proverbs 4.23, to guard your heart, that I think if you're going to be successful in any area of your life, that people 
um, are going to be people. Yeah. And it shouldn't surprise us, you know, and, and that's kind of sad to say, but we're all fallen. We're all being redeemed. Yeah. We're all stepping into this life of, of Christ living in and through us. But I, I think there's just something that we're all there. We're all getting there. So we're not there yet. So I yeah. think I have grace and to, you know, not to let those things pierce you or define you or limit you, you know, kind of let it roll off your back, I think are something super important. And I just wanted to read this quote. I was, I was going through, I have like a list of quotes on my phone. I, I try to stay ready. But um, Ken Key says, it says, more suffering comes into the world by people taking offense than by people intending to give it. Dang. More suffering comes into the world by taking offense than by people intending to give it. Mm. And I think obviously now there's there's, there's evil people oh, right now word. running around intentionally hurting people. But I think day in and day out, if we were to step out of this season, uh, you know, I think we would say that the guys that were raised us up in, in leadership that we were hurt and wounded by were probably just trying to do their best. Yeah, and they they were cracked just like we were, but. We had, we had kind of idolized them to the point where they weren't allowed to have flaws, and Shh. and those and because of having that mindset, yeah. we it ended up hurting us more than it hurt them. And I, and I just think that hey, let's not let's not take offense. You know, if somebody comments on a post you know you made, and if your blood's boiling, I, I would go to the Lord and ask Him why instead of quickly typing back your response of of why you think you're right. You know, I, I think if we spent less time defending crap and more time loving people and in, 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 in situations that I just think our world would look a lot different. You idolize a superstar, but you honor a father. <laughs> so, wow. It's about that time, y'all. Jeremy Jordan, does anybody, anybody have any last thoughts or leave the listener today? So I think uh, one last thought, I, I think Danny, I think it was Danny Silk who said something. He said, uh, he, I heard, I think I heard it in a sermon. He says, there is more than one type of prison and I sense you carry yours within you. <laughs> And I just would encourage you today that if, if you resonate with being hurt, being wounded, uh, walking away from the church, you know, being disappointed, let down, and, and there's a moment where you need to let go of something and, and walk free from that, uh, the Lord's there. He can, he can do this right now, and, and you can be different, and, and you can fill your place in the body because you, you, you belong here, and, and you have a purpose, and, and God wants to use you, and He doesn't want you to be hijacked by something in your past. And I mean, why, why look, why look in the past? You're not headed in that direction. You know, I think today is the day where you look forward and you, you make that decision to, to be the kind of person that is going to be consistent and loving and kind. And, and I think that's, that's where we're headed. Wow. Good, 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 good. And remember family is where life begins. Destiny is found. Identity is enhanced and love never ends. If this podcast has enriched your life, make sure to rate review and subscribe and would you share this podcast with a friend or family member as it will help us to extend our reach? Thank you for listening to the show today. Until next time, this is Matt Gonzalez. And this is Desiree Gonzalez. We are out. Be blessed. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Des Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddes.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.